is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And the story of the day probably should be what happened last night between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. We'll get there. And maybe should be what's going to happen tonight between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll try to get there as well. In the meantime, as we bring on Greg Wyshynski for a little bit of MVSW love, uh, the lead story of the day wish, as you well know, Kyle Dubas outs. You know, the Maple Leafs announcing they are parting ways with their general manager. The hunt has begun, if it hasn't already. Brendan Shanahan will speak in about two hours in Toronto where he'll say who knows what. Uh, But the Marlies also fired their coaching staff today, so it seems as if it is pink slip day in Toronto. Um, First of all, how you doing, pal? I was I was good until about a minute ago. I've been fired by the Maple Leafs as well. Uh, they've they've fired everybody, <laughs> including me. Uh, I'm so <laughs> to my family about all this stuff. They wouldn't give me the time. Maple Leafs as well. No, yeah, we're getting. You know, we're getting... It's, it's... Hang on, let's try to get Greg back on a uh, on a cleaner line here, Lance. Let's uh, let's hang up and yeah, we'll give we'll get Greg on a, on a better line here. But we're going to start the conversation with, and that is funny. <laughs> Maple Leafs also firing Greg Wyshynski. Maybe you've been fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs today as well, and don't even know it. Please check your email, uh, ma'am or sir. Uh, we'll pick up the conversation about Cal Dubas and uh, now ex of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, Shanahan speaking in a couple of hours. We'll uh, we'll bring that to you here, so you get a chance to hear what Brendan Shanahan uh, has to say about uh, why this decision was made and what the future is. And I know, like right away, the attention is going to turn to when you have a look at you know the Marlies and what's happened there, the AHL team that just bowed out against Rochester. Um, you know they fired their head coach and two assistants. You know we wonder about Sheldon Keefe. Um, that, as Elliot mentioned in hour one, could be a situation where you know they're just letting a general manager, a new general manager, get in place and then allow that GM to make the decision on Sheldon Keefe. But who knows? Uh, Greg, we got you back. How are you, pal? I'm good. Last time we had the coach remains until the general manager comes to fire him. The one I always think about is what was it like when Ray Shiro got turfed in Pittsburgh? I think I think Balsma outlasted, then and then Balsma went after that if memory serves. Uh, I believe so. And there, like, there were situations before we can remember. Oh, was uh, was it Elaine Vigneault in Vancouver? When uh, Gillis came to take over, and uh, we all wondered if uh, Gillis was going to fire him. I remember there were a bunch of meetings in Vegas. I think it was Vegas, and he didn't go. Man, I'm do- I'm flying on the seat of my pants on this one. And I think that Vino wasn't invited, or Vino didn't go, and so we thought, okay, that's the tip off. And then next thing you know, he's taken the Vancouver Canucks to the Stanley Cup final in 2011 against the Boston Bruins. As essentially on a day like this. I don't know how many assumptions we could slash should make about what's next for the Maple Leafs, although we'll begin the conversation like this. Um, After the Kyle Dubas presser earlier on this week, where he wondered aloud about whether he wants to do this uh, anymore and he'll need to have a conversation with his family, Um, are you at all surprised at what happened today as the press release reads uh, the Maple Leafs have decided um, to, uh, to, to, to part ways with Kyle Dubas? I mean, I guess I'm not in the sense that there seemed to be a lot of chatter about that press conference having, I guess, some sort of 
negative reverberation within the organization. Although I don't, I do find it interesting that in a society that is uh, seemingly dedicated to giving people space and, and, and allowing for mental health, uh, a moment of vulnerability like that, seemingly vulnerability, uh, would be chastised. So, I mean, that's a little discouraging. The reason it surprises me is because I don't think he's the problem. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he's built good teams there. Um, you know, he's, he built a team that was good enough to do something that the Maple Leafs haven't done since 2004. Um, in going forward with this team, if in fact it is time to change course and break up the core, there are few people in the league I'd have more faith in than Kyle Dubas to figure that out. So I understand the scapegoating, and I understand that if, if, if the presser didn't play the way that it should have, why this is being done. But I also, from a logic and logistics standpoint, don't quite understand why it was done. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it sounds like, and you know, Elliot has talked about this um, for a few days now, it, it sounds as if the, the Maple Leafs went down the road of the contract extension even before the Tampa Bay Lightning series began. And then at some point, uh, it sounds like Dubas put the brakes on and said, hold on a second here, I need to, uh, I need to clear my head, maybe have the conversation with my family about all of this before I make this decision. Um, which I think is completely sane. And, I mean, you've been part of contract negotiations before. I've been part of contract negotiations. And, you know, sometimes you do need a pause and you need a a timeout. And as long as you're negotiating in good faith, that shouldn't be an issue. Again, we don't have any details about how this broke down um, and, you know, who's to blame for what and ultimately what was the moment that the decision was made. Um, But I, I think this caught a lot of us by surprise because it really did feel as if this was going to be a Kyle Dubas decision that the Maple Leafs had made up their mind that they wanted Dubas back. Um, yet at the end here, you know, there it is in the in the press release. We've decided to part ways. I don't know what changed and when it changed, but I would imagine that's going to be one of the questions that, uh, that Brendan Shanahan has asked here in about you know, just under two hours time. Right. And I guess the other thing he's going to have to answer is what comes next. I mean, like, what is the thing they're looking yeah. for here? I mean, is it Stan Bowman? <laughs> is it, is it somebody, is it Peter Chiarelli? Like, is it somebody with a championship pedigree? Um, because they had that and then Kyle replaced him. It's <laughs> what, what happened. So I don't know, man. Like, I, again, I, 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 I've, I've said for a long time, and this isn't because I have, affinity for Kyle, although I do, like, I just think he's done a pretty good job. And I know the results in the playoffs aren't there. And, and maybe ultimately you're going to ask him to fire his friend uh, as, as the sacrificial lamb for, you know, losing in the second round of the playoffs to a, a, a team that is now three wins away from playing for the Stanley cup. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you, when you chronicle the problems with this team, and we've talked about this for years, Merrick, like yeah. construction versus coaching, like was this a construction yep. problem? And if it is a construction problem, then I think Kyle deserved a chance to see his way out of it. If, if you're going to say that the construction of the core is the problem, and, and I'm here for that conversation, 
But again, I come back to the idea of who are we bringing in to really make these decisions better than, than Dubas was? You know, one, one, one of the things that, because I've, I, I, you know, I think we all wondered about this, you know, at the beginning of the season, midway through the season, into the playoffs, uh, and ultimately when the Maple Leafs bowed out against the Florida Panthers, um, if they decide to part ways, and they have, with Kyle Dubas, um, one of the things that I always wonder about with general managers, because in this case, the answer is one, do you have a magic number, or do you have a number in your head of how many coaching changes a general manager should get before he gets fired. Yes. Because Dubas, in, Dubas inherited Babcock, hired right. Sheldon Keefe, and that was it. <laughs> that is rare. That That is rare that a GM gets one coach. Two. Or one, and yeah. Then gets no. Then gets putted. You and, I are, you and I are probably of the same mind. It's The number is three. You fire the guy that's there, that's one, yeah. and then you bring in your guy, you fire him, that's two, and then if the third one doesn't work, so I guess the number is two. If the third one doesn't work, then you're probably out. Yeah. But like what you're saying is true, which is that he had to get rid of the guy that was there, bring in his guy. Normally he gets to get rid of his guy and then bring in the guy with the ring. That's usually how it works. And then that guy doesn't work out, and then you're turf after that. So you're right. Like, that's usually the sequence of things. And, 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 you know, it's a hockey cliche, and maybe it shouldn't work like that. But honestly, it's one of those hockey cliches that I think is pretty good. Like, we always make fun of GMs that come in and say, I have a five-year plan. Well, it kind of takes five years to figure this stuff out. You know? Like, it, it, it 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 is a real fail-safe way to keep yourself in a job. But it's also realism. It's also kind of going in there and yeah. saying, look, this is hard work, like reshaping a roster, getting the right coach in there, the, the, the building the infrastructure. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. you got to give me some time. And, yeah, it's going to keep me in a job. It's also the reality of our surroundings that it takes that long for these teams to kind of figure themselves out after changing at the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, now the, you know, one of the questions becomes, and, you know, there will be the Sheldon Keefe question here. Um, and it sounds like, you know, at least one, you know, m- one member of that coaching staff is, is going to go. Spencer Carberry is, is wanted by just about everybody uh, out there, whether it's, uh, whether it's the Washington Capitals or the Anaheim Ducks, or as we find out last night, um, the New York Rangers as well. Like, safe to say Carberry's gone. He's, he's going somewhere uh, next season. The Marlies fired their coaching staff today. Um, so today's today's you know uh, pink paper in the fax machine day around around MLSE. Um, one of the questions begins you know uh, before we get to what's next for Kyle, you know what's next for the Maple Leafs and you know one of the names that I keep I keep coming back to and maybe it's just the and I can hear the jokes already. Oh, okay, so they're going to turn it from the 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 Sault Ste. Marie Maple Leafs to the London Maple Leafs, but Mark Hunter is a name that continues to emerge here. Now, Mark Hunter was once upon a time a member of this management staff, you know, lost a power struggle with Cal Dubas in the first place, uh, but is, you know, well acquainted with whether it's Mitch Marner, whether it's John Tavares. Um, I believe he's well thought of by Wasserman Group, if that matters. And Austin Matthews is, you know, as we know, represented by Judd Muldaver. You know, that's part of the sort of subtext to all of this. And you know what? That's the other subtext here. You know, the Maple Leafs are about to enter a conversation with Austin Matthews about an extension. 
And Austin Matthews and his agent are very comfortable um, working with Kyle Dubas. What does this mean now for Austin Matthews' relationship with the Toronto Maple Leafs? How much of a, a wrench does this throw in? How much, you know, how much uh, does, does this throw, you know, uh, you know, uh, rocks on the road as you try to roller skate down it. Like all of a sudden, the road for Austin Matthews just got potentially pretty bumpy here. Like essentially, what I'm asking you, which is, what are the big questions now for you? Where does it all flow from? Is it the Austin Matthews question? Is it the next general manager question? Is it the next head coach or keep Sheldon Keith question? How does the uh, how does the latter work for you? So the. The Austin Matthews thing is interesting because how much do we separate the market from the team? Because I, I, I've heard from pretty good authority that he loves Toronto. Like, he loves it there. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, that's, if we've established that, uh, how, much of, of, how much will these changes alter that? Like, is his love for Toronto tied to his love of being in a comfortable place with the Maple Leafs and having – Marner there and, and having, you know, people in management that he likes. I'm, I'm interested by that, but that's not my main concern. No, my main concern is who runs the team. The one thing you said about Mark Hunter that I find interesting, though, is like, if they went down that road, isn't that a tacit admission that they made the wrong call? And if that's a tacit admission they made the wrong call, then should Brendan Shanahan keep his job? I think it's possible to. Well, first of all, I don't know that it was the wrong call. Let's not forget how Kyle Dubas got the job in the first place. Kyle wanted to talk to Colorado about that position, and right. you know, and, and rem, re, reminded his superiors that you know I, I'm allowed to seek employment elsewhere. Uh, I mean, you're either going to lose me to Colorado or I become general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know that was Kyle right, but, Dubas making the marketplace but, for him. That was that was making the marketplace for himself. But they but they ultimately decided to 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 bend that whim. I mean, look, it, it was a binary choice. Yeah. I mean, you're either you're either Mark Hunter's team or you're Kyle Dubas's team, and they chose Dubas. And I I mean I happen to think it was the right call because I happen to think that Kyle should still have his job. But if you go back to the other guy, I mean. What, what do you tell the crusty old colonists that have been using Mark Hunter for a source for years <laughs> to, to stop them from blasting you for having wasted the last four or five years of this franchise on the other guy? Like, how do you sell that? Hmm. I don't know exactly how you sell it. I'm just putting it forward. Uh, now, you know what? You, you, you sell this as, you know, this is a, a new era and all the key pieces are in place. And Mark Hunter has relationships, most notably, obviously, through the London Knights with Mitch Marner and John Tavares with all the key players here. And he's been with the organization previous. Right. So then, so then the other thing. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the two. Man, I don't know the two managers need to, to lose their job for that to happen. Right. So the other thing, the other part of your question, the other answer to your question is, is do they like, I want to know if they trade Nylander or Marner because you can't trade Tavares because he, he can make you not trade him and you don't trade Matthews because he's one of the best players on earth. One of those two. And I'm fascinated to see for what and, and for when, Look, and man, if you end I, up doing it, I, I hang 
I, I I'm 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 not buying the the entire premise based on one thing, and that's what? and that's Austin Matthews. What if Austin Matthews says uh, again, like uh, I want to see where the dust settles here. I'm not prepared to sign a long term extension right now with the Maple Leafs. To me, the big question right now is what does this mean for Austin Matthews? I know the the big question. Okay, who's gonna who's gonna run the team? But how does Austin Matthews feel here? Like, if he doesn't feel like he's gonna re up with uh, with the Maple Leafs long term now, are you not then obligated to move him? Do you want to go into next season with all the power, all the power resting in in the skates of Austin Matthews? Do you want to hear some delicious irony? What what did we hear from Dubas in his press <laughs> Always. conference? What, what what did we hear from Kyle in his press conference? His his what we heard was our touchstone, our template could be the idea that the Calgary Flames traded Matthew Kachuk for two players. Yeah. And I guess reverse that. Yep. The Florida Panthers traded two players for Matthew Kachuk. And those were two players they didn't want to trade necessarily, yeah. but they traded him to upgrade. Now, wouldn't it be ironic, Merrick, if at the end of the day, the yeah. lesson from the from the Matthew Kachuk trade was to trade your best player if he doesn't want to be there? <laughs> like, what if that's the lesson? Wouldn't that be amazing? What if that's well, for, the lesson? For, for, well, I think we're going to find out in short order what the lesson is here because, you know, time is ticking, the draft is on the horizon, free agency is on the, on the horizon, and one would assume a new plan for this Maple Leafs team uh, needs to be implemented ASAP. And let's not forget it, too. Like, this is a 100-point team. Like, this is like, um, I, I understand all the, the, the playoff failures, et cetera, and we can point to all the examples of, oh, you can't win with Eiserman until you win with Eiserman. You can't win with Ovechkin until you win with Ovechkin. You can't win with Pavel Datsuk until you win with Pavel Datsuk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, the, these are decisions that had to have to be made, made fast here. Right? And yeah. I, I have a hard right. time believing that they're not already, already down the road with someone. Okay, now let's talk about that. Are they down the road with someone for GM? Or are they down the road with someone for coach? Because all of this Quendall I, smoke I would, is circulating through the air right now around a team that is making some very big decisions. And as has in the past yeah. hitched their wagon to a celebrity coach even before they hitched it to a celebrity GM. I, I don't know how to feel about the... the I don't know how to feel about the Quenville situation because I don't know what the nature of the conversations were between Joel Quenville and the NHL initially. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the nature of the conversations were between Stan Bowman uh, and, and the NHL initially. So I'm not sure where the Joel Quenville question fits because, you know, every time his name has come up, the NHL has always like, look, that's that's not happening. He's he's not being reinstated. I believe there have been teams along the way, uh, probably last season, that wanted to talk to Joel Quenville, and the uh, the the mandate from the NHL is we're not prepared to reinstate him. Here, here's what I've heard about. So I don't I don't, I don't know where the I don't I don't know where the I don't know where the Quenville thing is is at right now with the National Hockey League. So I can't. I, I mean, I, it makes for bad sports talk radio. I get it, but I don't want to say one way or the other. Like, it's, it's a it's a pretty big shot to it's a pretty big shot to shoot if you don't know what the deal is. Right, and so here's the thing I've heard about Quenville and Bowman tangentially. 
they both have to be reinstated, right? I've yes. I've heard the problem with Q is that he's maybe not done the quote unquote work that you have to do optically to earn your way back into the league after everything that happened in Chicago. I've heard tangentially that Stan Bowman has done a little of that a little of that optic work to mend his reputation to maybe get back in, but I've I've heard maybe Q hasn't. Now that's again in the last year just stuff you pick up when talking about this kind of thing. And so I'm interested to see because you have to remember that if, if the NHL reinstates either of these guys, we talked about this when we were talking about the Rangers, actually. It was the NHL reinstates either of these guys. They're the ones that will take the heat. They're the ones that are going to have to make the case that they've done enough to earn entry back in, into this league. It won't be the Leafs, and it won't be anybody else that hire these, hires these guys. It'll be the NHL when they reinstate them. So I think it's important to remember that, like, it's not simply just a conversation with Gary Bettman to be like, hey, I've been out of the game for a few years. What do you say? It's a conversation with Gary Bettman yeah. to be like, here are the things that you're going to be able to tell your customer base that I've done to make it okay for you to make this call. That's the real consideration here. I, I, I again, I really, I really don't know. Now, you know, you know, I, I got a note. I mean, I, I think he's, I think Quenville, because I did get a note about some of the things that Quenville has done, and I believe he's done them on the, on the urging um, of the commissioner and was in attendance at some of these events with the commissioner himself. But that's the only thing that I, to, to, to your point about what he needs to right. do to get Is back it enough? in, in, in the good graces. Yeah. I, I, just, I just know of one very specific event, like an inclusivity event that Quenville was part of um, that the commissioner was at. Yeah. After that, I, so, I don't know. Like this is like this is so, like so, so again, I, 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 it, I'm 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 not I'm not living up to my end of the conversation here because no, I'm no, just no, trying no. to be really I think, I think, I think what you're saying is important because in this I think what you're saying is important because that's that's the real key. The real key is like if he's done it and 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 the and he's done the things the NHL has asked, then that's the key. Like like I said, it's not simply just like time spent on the sideline. It's like here it's the league thing. Oh, yeah, 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 do yeah, 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 yeah. X Y Z. And then you do X, Y, Z. Again, remember the Mitchell Miller thing. Like it, it's not enough to just kind of like, yep. <laughs> you, know, you know, say that you've done the work and then not do the work. Like if Q's done it, and then he and and, it, and it's work that that Gary's asked for, then then that's the cover mm. that they need to reinstate him, and that's the real question. But again, like uh, to go back to the original point because we really went down the road on this Blackhawk stuff. Like it, the original point is that the Q stuff is kind of circulating at a, at a time when there are some pretty high profile openings and, and one of them could easily be Toronto. Okay. So now I'm getting a couple of notes here um, from people. So the, uh, the, the event in, in, in question is a Carnegie initiative conference that Quen, that Quenville was at with right. Gary Batman. So that Which is, is the, 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 the one event that, that I, that I do know that he was, was part of and the commissioner of the NHL was part of as well. Right, which is a diversity inclusion organization. Yep. 
Yep. Okay. Sure. Again, I'm I'm this this one is like so super sensitive. I don't want to essentially I I don't want to say anything that I'm not a hundred percent on. But I I can I can share with you that one that 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 event for sure. Uh, Quinville was at as was the commissioner. I think right. Quinville and and again, like 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 like, well, like I'm trying to make sure. clear here, like this is not going to be a I saw into his heart decision. <laughs> like this is going to have to be a here are the five <laughs> yes. here are the, the work, five yeah. bullet yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Here are the five bullet points that we will yeah. put into a press release when we reinstate this guy to convince people that this guy belongs back in this league because otherwise it's a disaster for us. So that's that's where we're at with it. Okay, um, let, me, let me swing back to Dubas on this one, man. This is this is this is a lot, but this is like there's there, there, there's a lot of grist for the mill here. Um, so we wonder what's next for Kyle Dubas. So earlier on this week. Um, Kyle Dubas mentioned it's going to be either the Maple Leafs or nowhere next season. And right now, um, uh, but right now it looks like they're, you know, by his words, there'll be nothing next season for Kyle Dubas. Although I think a lot of people wonder, I mean, earlier there was a lot of wondering about the Pittsburgh Penguins and Fenway Sports uh, and a potential fit there. Uh, most notably because I think a lot of people know that there's a some type of relationship there. And also he could probably work in that type of very specific environment. Um, but number two, I mean, the other one that's sort of popped up here is the Ottawa Senators. And whomever ends up with the Ottawa Senators is at a potential landing pad here long term for Kyle Dubas. Um, there's like if if, if the... Um, if the Andlauer bid is ultimately the successful one, I think many of us suspect that there'll be a position of influence on the hockey operations side for Steve Steos. I mean, they're partners with the Bulldogs and the OHL. That one makes sense. I think we wonder about the Kimmel family, um, you know, formerly with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that could there be a fit there uh, with Kyle Dubas uh, if that bid is successful? Again, I'm throwing darts at all of this, um, but do you have a sense of, you know, we heard Kyle Dubas speak. We've seen Kyle Dubas work. Do you have a thought or two of what could be next for Dubas here? So when he held that press conference, Kyle is a hyper-intelligent guy, and, and I'm always looking for little maybe reading between the line moments. Do you think that he was simply talking about being a general manager somewhere else? other than Toronto? Do you think if he became president of hockey operations for the Ottawa Senators, the Pittsburgh Penguins, that it wouldn't necessarily be a moment of hypocrisy? Or do you think that the hypocrisy goes out the window when the Leafs are the ones who decide he's not going to be back? And that he was simply talking about his personal mm-hmm. decision? I think, I think I, you know, I've wondered about I think that. there's, like I've, I've, there's I've, a lot I've, of wiggle room here. There's a lot of wiggle yeah, room. I, I, uh, the, there is. Like, I wonder about the Poho position um, for Cal Dubas. Is that the next one for him? Um, and like, let's not forget too, like that, the, the, um, the, you know, the conversation earlier on this week, this was like, to your point, this was all of us wondering, you know, is ultimately this going to be Kyle Dubas's decision, but you're right. The, the wrench thrown into this one is, and again, we'll hear from Shanahan here in about 90 minutes, what, what actually happened. This is the Maple Leaf saying either you were not interested or we can't wait this long for you to make your decision. Or maybe we just didn't like what we heard at the press conference. And or 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 option D, or, or option D, we're not meeting your price plan. Like Maybe, we have no interest in meeting your price right? plan. 
Well, I, dude, see, I, don't, he, I don't know that. This, he, look, look, wait, he, we, we talk about the time. interesting thing for me. Go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, the, 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 I don't know that, that price point, because, too, I don't know that price point, I don't know the price point would be the, the deciding factor here. I wonder if the deciding factor or one of the sticking points in all of it is what types of powers on final say with player personnel Dubas would or wouldn't have with this, with this new contract. That would be a, a place of intrigue. But it all ties back to price point. Like, essentially, it's going to be we like you at this number and we like you at this term because we only like you this much, right? I mean, that's all. That's what it essentially comes back to. Like, if you're Kyle Dubas, mm-hmm. we always talk about like guys striking when the iron's hot when it comes to like free agency, right? Like, oh, you got one kick at the can at this. You got to make sure you get your contract. Like, this guy's got apex mountain heat right now. Like, he he's, he should be able mm-hmm. to land a five year deal someplace with a huge term to run a hockey team he's with one now that should probably give it to him but they certainly don't have that level of faith in him right the penguins might the senators certainly would can can, can we pause on something so i want want to clean something up here um i'm getting a couple of notes about this (laughs) when we were talking about joel quenville earlier and i mentioned the Carnegie initiative um yeah so he was uh, I'm. Uh, it's unclear whether Bettman was there with him, but there is the belief that Bettman did send Quenville to that event. That that was very much at the uh, at the recommendation of the commissioner. That's what I'm being. Do you ever, a couple of do you ever just here. do you ever just marvel at how many people listen to your show? Like 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 how many how many radios in the New York in the New York offices are streaming <laughs> your show at the NHL every day? I think, like when you say something, I think, your I think, texts I, blow up. I, <laughs> I think that I think that I, th- I think that there are a lot of groups that do media monitoring. Let's put it that you way, think? because I think everybody wants to make sure that the most accurate information is out there about them. <laughs> and I think, um, and, no, and, and, no, no, and furthermore, I, 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 I think that I, I think that they'd also like to remind you that they're listening. I think is but, is, but, is part of it too. Oh, by all means, right? Like, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Right Holders, sure. Right Holders Theater. Every time you and I speak, but, no, no, no. And, and listen, I also, I also got some texts too about Q, you know, doing more work than Bowman has. And again, like I had heard the opposite. People heard otherwise. Like, yeah. it's it's all going to come out in the wash one day if either of these guys get reinstated. But right now, we're all kind of just wondering what's gone on behind the scenes and. For either of those guys, we'll see. I mean, again, it's not like you said; it's not as if people haven't asked about Q in the last couple of years. Um, oh yeah, probably too soon for it. Probably too soon for it. But maybe, maybe now's the time. Who knows? Okay, um, more on this coming up a little bit later on. I'm Brendan Shanahan, poised to speak at 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, we'll see what happens, and I think uh safe to say it's not going to be a quiet weekend around Leafland. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. Um, meantime, how did you enjoy last night's games? Notice I didn't call it a game. I call it games. Your thoughts on the quadruple overtime. Florida Panthers grab game one. Well, I got to say that the highlight of my night was getting back to my hotel at around four in the morning and having a delicious prosciutto wrapped around mozzarella from the hotel fridge. Oh, geez. Uh, one of the, wow, right. One of the few That's items ex- available. Exactly for what you need 
Yeah, that's exactly what you need yeah. right before you go to bed. Well done, Greg. <laughs> look, look, man, that game, that game was incredible. Like, I mean, it was one of the more entertaining quadruple overtime games you'll ever see as far as the chances and the stress and the, 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 the bad puck luck the Carolina Hurricanes got at times in that game and the, and, and the moments that the Montour in front by himself after like a three-minute shift. Like all of that stuff. It was a momentous game, and, and it's almost a shame that it was game one because it felt like one of those epics that should happen later in a series. But um, got to tell you, man, the Hurricanes have met their match here. I mean, these are two, we all knew that these were two teams that like to play the same style. But, you know, you watch the Panthers do the things the Hurricanes do, the quick dump outs, you know, trying to just move the puck as, as quickly as you can out of your own zone and win puck battles down the ice. And I got to tell you, like, the one thing that somebody said to me before the series when I told them that I picked Carolina that stuck with me is you're underestimating the amount of finishers the Panthers have. And that's the truth. I mean, they've got guys that could put the puck in the net, as we saw with Kachuk mm-hmm. last night. But wasn't last night the first time that you really felt the absence of a finisher on Carolina, that you really felt that patch? Svechnikov absence in that game. This is when we talked about what they talked about, what they needed. You know, when push came to shove in the playoffs, and they needed that goal. They went out and got Patchy ready to, to score it. They had Svechnikov to score it. They didn't have either of those guys last night, but it was the first time in these playoffs that absence felt palpable, I felt, in that game. They had some chances. I don't know, with all due respect to Svechikov and Max Pacioretty, um, if anybody is going to beat Sergei Bobrovsky last night, though. I know you want to have the better chance. You want to have Svechikov and Pacioretty in the lineup. But is he, I was mentioning off the top of the show, you know, do we call him uh, Columbus Bob? Do we call him Ian Clark Bob? Do we call him Vesna Bob? Like, wh- what are we calling Bobrovsky now? Uh, are we? Hey, how about this one? Are we calling him... $10 million value contract, Bob, because no one's snickering at that deal right now, Greg Wyshynski. No. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, they probably could have used them for that power play they had in the fourth overtime because that's the only way they beat Bob last night was on special teams. And to have yeah. somebody that could score, the, uh, score a goal in that situation probably would have helped them. Um, he's been awesome. And, and, and like, he wasn't the determining factor in that Boston series. But he definitely goalied the Leafs in the first two games of round two, and he was brilliant last night. I mean, everything you could ask for the guy uh, he gave you last night, um, there there was that sense at five-on-five five that he wasn't going to allow anything to get by him. And, and again, like, it, it, it really does sort of cloud the debate that we've been having about goaltending and – Maybe everybody just needs a good tandem. And then you watch a guy making that amount of money, making those saves <laughs> and winning games on his own. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Franchise goalies are important sometimes, as we might see over in the West with uh, Jake Ottinger yeah. looking to rebound from a pretty, pretty middling uh, second round against the, the Kraken. How about, how about this for an idea? There's a lot of different ways to do this. And, you know, you need to just stop chasing one way and figure out your way that best complements who you have on the roster. How about that idea? Because, you know, this league, how many times have we talked about this? This league chases whatever was successful five minutes ago 
well, we need to do that because they were successful. Not even considering all the different variables that are involved. And 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 uh, Florida's situation is different than Philadelphia's situation, is different than Carolina's situation, is different than Boston's situation. I, I always sort of, and I think you're of the, of the same mind too, snicker sideways when I see teams that go out of their way to do something just because another team did it successfully. There are so right. many variables that go on at the same time that, I mean, listen, one, one of the more obvious examples was, you know, the Boston Bruins, <clears throat> the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup and Tim Thomas, you know, turns himself into a household name as one of the most spectacular performers in 2011. And the late Ed Snyder goes, goes banana sandwich and says, where's our Tim Thomas? We've got $60 million here. Go find me a goaltender, Homer. Yeah. The next thing Ilya Braskalov yeah. is starting for the Philadelphia Flyers just because everybody saw Tim Thomas and everyone wanted to have a Tim Thomas. And here was the money we were going to pay. Anyhow, that, that's hope, that's my I, think my I, thinking I, on this one. For some teams, a tandem works. And for others, one goalie and go works. I do. In speaking about the Panthers, though, like I do hope that in this copycat league, and we kind of talked about it earlier, I do hope the lesson is is don't be afraid to – to make the bold move if you don't like the DNA of your core. Like, I know that Matthew Kachucks don't grow on trees, but the spirit of that deal is essentially yeah. is we don't like, I don't like the way that we're built for the playoffs, and we think that we need to do something different, and that's fun. There should be more superstar trades in this league. Like, whoa, what was the, what was the Johansson Seth Jones trade like 15 years ago? Why don't we have one of those every year? Like we should get, we should have more trades yeah, yeah, okay. of big name players but, going back and forth. But that one, but that one, that one just kind of, that one just kind of fell into in, into Florida's lap. And let's not forget here too. You know who the other team or one of the other teams that was one of the favorites to get Matthew Kachuk when it was obvious that Brad Treliving was going to move him were the Carolina Hurricanes. Right, which right. Like they were, play. they were he right there. In Raleigh, like I've, I've read, I've read that a billion times, and like he was, he wanted to go to South Florida, much like Adam Fox wanted to go to New York, and like there are just certain teams that, are, that have a tactical advantage based on geography. I mean, yes. Bob was another. Bob went to went to the Panthers because he wanted to play in South Florida, and again, it's kind of crazy to think yep. about the Panthers as being a destination because they've been terrible for so many years. But you could make the argument that geography played a huge role in two of the. The, the, the foundational pieces of what could be a Stanley Cup champion this year is because they happen to play in you South know, Florida. I was, I was talking about this earlier this week, about one of the things that we look at, you know, in Canada, everyone moans, oh, 93, Montreal Canadiens, last Stanley Cup, etc. You know, one of the things that someone told me, go down a sidebar here, one of the things that someone told me who's played in both, okay, um, has played in, 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 in snowy climbs and sunny climbs, and this person said to me, you know, the one thing you guys don't talk enough about is what warm weather does for your body and how yeah. good your body feels and how, like, and, and you know, I, I, when I was in planning Canada, I was getting off the plane and I was shivering. I was getting off the plane when I was playing in the southern United States and I was wearing flops. And you have no idea that that is such a value that you guys in the media don't talk enough about. But players know it and, and players value it. Um, all right, um, real quick, uh, before I, man, we've talked a lot here. Uh, what do you look for tonight? And as much as we talk about Brindamore versus Paul Maurice, how much do you think this saga between Dallas and Vegas is going to be Cassidy versus Pete DeBoer? 
I, all of it. I mean, the DeBoer part of this is delicious. I mean, the idea that a guy gets fired yes. and gets a revenge series against the team. And I think he's done a really good job managing and, and connecting with the players on Dallas. They all seem to really like him, which is usually the case in year one of Pete DeBoer. By year three, you know, he's fired. Uh, but the, the, the two most intriguing people in this series for me are both on Dallas. One is Ottinger because he wasn't good against the Kraken by his own admission. Uh, even in, in game seven, I felt like that was the team in front of him more than it was him. And then the other thing, is, the other player is Pavelski. I mean, people forget the other subplot of this series, which is that other than Evander Kane, there's never been a bigger villainous person <laughs> in, in the world of the Vegas Golden Knights than Joe Pavelski. Like Pavelski was a, a terror against them when he was with the San Jose Sharks. And uh, the idea that, that he is now... Uh, you know, Pete DeBoer's henchman in this series against the Golden Knights is really kind of an amazing bit of, 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 of circular irony. Um, I love this series. I, I, I think it's going to be a ton of fun, and, and there's so many subplots to sift through. Should be good. Um, enjoy it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you got to see some history last night, Greg. Um, keeping your eyes propped up with, uh, with toothpicks is always fun uh, to watch hockey games. Uh, by the way, I, I will never grow tired of seeing Carolina Hurricanes fans stand as much as Hurricanes <laughs> fans do. It is one, honestly, it is, again, a sidebar here, Your Honor, sidebar. I just love watching Hurricanes fans. It's like, let's just pull the seats out. They don't need them. Hurricanes fans will stand to watch hockey games. I, I hope I hope people, real quick, recognize the amazing dynamic that happened last night when it looked like the Panthers scored in the first overtime and the lower bowl emptied. And then when you happened, the lower bowl refilled. Like, it was like... Like somebody hit delete, <laughs> somebody hit delete on all the fans, yep. and then someone just hit like you know recover on all the fans. And they were just popped right back into their seats <laughs> like two minutes later. It was it really was one of the most incredible sights of the, of the playoffs so far. Uh, I absolutely love it. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk next week, pal. Enjoy uh, game one of the Western Conference Final. You be good. Thanks, bud. Take care. Uh, Greg Wachinski from uh, ESPN, a uh, little MVSW Redux uh, each and every week here on the program. Uh, quick break, come back and uh, recap the story of the day. Um, Brendan Shanahan press conference coming up 3 o'clock Eastern. Uh, you can hear it here. Um, Kyle Dubas out as general manager of the Maple Leafs. More on the big story in moments. Merrick show continues across the Sportsnet radio network, simulcast on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet Now.